Your identity is your sense of who you are. It's made up of the things that you identify with. It has a structure and it has content. The content is everything that you identify with. That includes your thoughts and your feelings, your beliefs, your memories, and your social roles, like being a partner or a parent and your personal story. Of all the things that we identify with, the biggest is our stories. Our stories are the stories that we tell ourselves and others about who we are. So when you first meet someone and you're getting to know them and you tell them about yourself, that's your story. All our identity content, our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs and our memories and social roles, the story is like a container for all of those parts of our identity. Like for all of our identity content, the story kind of holds it all together. And we use our story for communicating to others about who we are, but we also use it for communicating to ourselves about who we are. And so just like you wouldn't go on a job interview and talk about how you messed up in previous jobs, and you wouldn't do that because you want to present yourself in a positive light, right? So you refine your story to serve you. And when it comes to refining our story, we want to do that for how we present to others, but we also want to do that for how we present to ourselves, for how we think about ourselves. And we want to do that because if we don't, then we can walk around all day long with this idea of ourselves as not good enough. And if you walk around all day long thinking that you're not good enough, then you have this mindset that I'm not good enough. And that's the story that you tell yourself. And that story holds together all of your thoughts and your feelings and your memories and your beliefs about you. Now, if you believe that you're good enough, then when you're searching your memories, you're going to pull memories of you being good enough. And you're going to pull thoughts and feelings that support the idea that you're good enough. Thoughts like, I'm capable or I've got this. And the feelings that go along with, I've got this. But if you think that you're not good enough, then you're going to pull memories of you not being good enough and thoughts and feelings that support that. And so what that means is that how we think about ourselves determines our relationship with everything else. And so when we want something, like to experience more good things in life, we have to change how we think about ourselves. And we have to change how we think about good things. And the best way to change how we think about ourselves is by developing flexibility in our identity. And the best way to develop flexibility in our identity is by working with our stories. And we work with our stories because ultimately our story holds together all of our beliefs and our thoughts and our feelings and our social roles, like everything that we identify with, all the parts of our identity everything streams together into the story. The story, it's, it's, it's like a container. It holds it all together. But here's the thing, is that we can be so wedded to our story, we can be wedded to stories that no longer serve us. We will even fight with other people to hold on to stories that no longer serve us. 
So just about anyone can think of an example time where a friend or a family member has tried to tell you that you're good enough or capable enough for something and that you fought with them, right? You actively fought with this person about how you're not good enough. That's an example of holding onto our story, even when it doesn't serve us, that we will discount and devalue a friend or family member to hold on to our story. And the upshot of this, again, is that how we think about ourselves determines our relationship with everything else. And so if we want to experience more good things in life, we have to be willing to change how we think about ourselves. And the best way to do that is by developing flexibility in our identity. And the best way to develop flexibility in our identity is by working with our stories. So to help with developing flexibility in y'all's identity, I'm working on a full-length exercise, which is designed to bring you all the way to enlightenment. There's a link to it below. Enlightenment meaning that it's designed to maximize your, like, the flexibility in your identity. But so that you can try it, I made just a super quick summary version of the full exercise. So the goal of the exercise is to develop flexibility in your identity. And we use your personal story to do that. And we use your personal story because folks are so wedded to their story that we will fight with family and friends to hold on to a story even when it doesn't serve us. So what we do in this exercise is we play around with giving up a really important part of our story. Because if you can be comfortable playing around with giving up a really important part of your story, that's the best way to develop flexibility in your identity. And flexibility in our identity is what we need because how we think about ourselves determines our relationship with everything else. So to do this work, we work with our social roles or our social identities. My favorite summary that I've heard for what a social role is, is actually that your social roles are all the answers that you can come up with to what the Cheshire Cat asks Alice in Alice in Wonderland. You remember that? The Cheshire Cat asks Alice, who are you? And so let's say, for example, that we ask grown-up Alice, who are you? And grown-up Alice says, we're a partnered mother researcher, part-time firefighting yoga instructor. And so each one of those is a social role. So for this exercise, we pick one of your most important social roles or social identities, like for example, being a mom or being a partner. And we imagine that you're no longer a mom, that you're no longer a partner. And we do this because if you can be even remotely comfortable just playing around with the idea that you're no longer a mom, that shows you're willing to shift your story which is real flexibility in your identity. And that's the goal. It's an uncomfortable exercise, but it's just an exercise. And we do it exactly because no one wants to think about the loss of someone that matters to them or of one of their most important social roles. It's uncomfortable, but it's just an exercise and it works. And nothing about your relationship with this person in actual life will be negatively impacted in any way because of this exercise. You may even find yourself experiencing greater appreciation for them or more freely expressing your love.
So you need a pen and a paper or your phone or your laptop or just something to jot a couple of words down with. So if you need something, go ahead and press pause now and go grab that. Okay, so the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to pick out the most important person in your life. The nature of the relationship doesn't matter. Just if I say, who's the most important person in your life? Who comes to mind? You'll want to use them. Now, I've had questions from folks who weren't sure who they should pick. So, for example, I had a question once from someone who reached out saying that they thought they should pick one person as the most important person because of social pressure, but that someone else was actually the most important person, that that was the relationship they enjoyed the most and that came to mind. And so I told them that the second person was definitely the relationship that they wanted to use. It might also be the case that you have a tie. And if so, that's okay. Like just flip a coin. All right. So you're going to press pause and take a moment now to pick your most important relationship. And once you've selected it, write it down. Okay. Press pause now and do that. All right. So now that you've picked the most important relationship in your life, now we're going to find a memory for that person. And you want it to be a positive memory. So I'll use Alice as an example. So Alice identified one of their most important relationships or one of their most important social roles as being a mom. And Alice is a 12-year-old who identifies female. And Alice has a favorite memory of their daughter from many years ago. And it was just Alice's daughter and Alice on one particular day having the time of their lives outside after the rain. And there was a rainbow and they all had muck boots on and they decided to make mud pies. And there was one moment where Alice's daughter looked over her shoulder at her mother and Alice will never forget the smile on their daughter's face. So if Alice really wanted to remember a positive memory of Alice's daughter, that is the memory that Alice would bring to mind. So now it's y'all's turn. So we're going to find a positive memory for your most important relationship that y'all picked. And it can be a current or a distant memory. And it can be a big deal memory, like a special event, like Alice's. But it can also just be sharing time in the kitchen or on the couch. But you want it to be positive. So if y'all tend to argue a lot, like you, you wouldn't want to use that. And then once you have that positive memory, pick two or three words that describe that memory to help bring it to mind. So for example, Alice would pick rainy day to remember their day. All right, so let's pause now and find a positive memory for the most important relationship that y'all picked. And when you find a memory, pick two or three words to use for describing and recalling it, and then write them down. Okay, press pause now and do that. Okay, so now that y'all have found a positive memory and picked two to three words for recalling that memory, next we're gonna practice visualizing the memory. And we'll use the two to three word prompt to bring that memory up. So for example, Alice's prompt was rainy day to bring to mind playing in the mud with their daughter. So Alice would say rainy day to bring up that memory. And then Alice would visualize that memory, thinking about making mud pies with their daughter. And Alice would really focus on that one moment where their daughter looked over her shoulder at her mother and the smile on their daughter's face and the joy that Alice felt. So first we'll all do this together and then y'all will do it again on y'all's own. 
So right now, take a look at the two to three word memory prompt for your most important relationship. So in your mind, right now, go back to that day. I'm going to give cues and I want you to think about them if they're applicable. Okay, so go back to that day and now picture in your mind, where were y'all? And where were y'all sitting or how were y'all standing? And what were y'all wearing? And what was happening? And how did y'all feel? And now I want you to take a moment to practice again on your own. If there were any parts that you weren't sure about, if it was a long time ago, or if it's just a generalized memory, don't stress about it. It doesn't really matter. What does matter is that you're able to come up with enough detail to really picture the memory, to have it feel real. And for more generalized memories, where you're kind of making the memory up, you're picking different parts. You can pick different parts of different memories. Like so for clothes, you could use someone's PJs or their favorite t-shirt and slippers. And to make it feel like really real, you could imagine the feeling of your spot on the couch underneath you. Like you just want to have enough detail so that it feels real. All right. So take a moment now to practice again on your own. Okay. Go ahead now and press pause. Okay, so we use that memory to bring up our social identity, like the role that we fulfill with our most important person. And now that we're in touch with how important they are and, in, and how important it is for us to be our social role, like a daughter or a mother or a partner, now we're going to practice no longer being that social identity. And to do that, we pretend that someone, that, that something has happened, like that our person has passed away. And so just as a reminder, the goal of this exercise is to develop flexibility in your identity. And we use your personal story to do that. And we start with a part of the story that's really important and positive, because if you can be comfortable just playing around with giving up a really important positive part of your story, like your favorite social role, that's flexibility in your identity. And flexibility in our identity is what we need because how we think about ourselves determines our relationship with everything else. It's just an exercise. It's uncomfortable, but it works. And nothing about your relationship with this person will be negatively impacted in any way. So if your mind fights you and says, I don't want to do this, just say, I know, I know, but it's okay. It's just an exercise. So for example, Alice would bring up the wonderful memory that they have of making mud pies with their daughter and the smile on their daughter's face and the joy that Alice felt in their heart. And Alice would embrace that memory for just a moment, would let it wash over them. And then Alice would imagine a knock on the door, letting Alice know that their daughter has died. And then Alice would take a moment to sit with the impact of that. 
to let it hit them that their daughter is gone. And then Alice would say, I am no longer a mother. And then Alice will take a moment to sit with that, the impact of that, to feel that loss, to feel the loss of their social identity as a mother, because being a mother meant the world to Alice. And to do this, Alice would imagine the feeling of a dull ache in their chest and an emptiness in the pit of their stomach. And then Alice would wonder, who am I now without this person? Who am I now that they're not coming back? Who am I if I'm not a mom? So first we'll do this together and then y'all will do it again on y'all's own. So first you'll take a minute with me to bring up that memory, all right? So right now, take a look at the two to three word memory prompt for your most important relationship that y'all picked. And now you're going to imagine that there is a knock on the door letting you know that this important person has died. Your special person is gone. They are not coming back. Now let yourself feel the shock of this news. And now say, I am or we are no longer a mother, a daughter, a sister, or whatever that significant relationship was. You are no longer a mother, a daughter, a sister, or whatever that significant relationship was. Let yourself feel the shock of this. And now ask, who am I now without this person? Who am I if I am not a mom? or whatever the significant relationship was. Okay. Today we went through an exercise for creating flexibility in your identity. And we used your personal story to do that. And we used a really important part of your story because if you can be even remotely comfortable just playing around with the idea of giving up a really important part of your story, that's the best way to develop flexibility in your identity. And flexibility in our identity is what we need because how we think about ourselves determines our relationship with everything else. It's uncomfortable, but it's just an exercise. 
and nothing about your relationship with this person in actual life was negatively impacted in any way. This exercise works. If you enjoyed this, please hit like because it makes it easier for others to find. And I would be so very grateful for any feedback. You can leave any feedback in the comments below, or you can email me at kate at katetbenson.com. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Kate T. Benson, and you can subscribe on YouTube. Thank you so very much for your time. I see you. I appreciate you. Until next time. Namaste.